Hello and welcome to Crux Investor. In a minute, we're going to be speaking with Jason Simpson. He's the CEO of Orla Mining. They have a gold exploration play down in Mexico uh, and a gold copper play down in Panama. So hello, Jason, how are you? Lovely to meet you. Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. So just for everyone's benefit who's new to your story, which includes us, can you give us a two minute elevator pitch and sort of maybe talk about the five things that we need to know? Uh, let's start with myself, uh, Jason Simpson, as you introduced me, I'm the chief executive officer and president of Orla Mining. My background is, is I'm a mining engineer with over 20 years in the business and uh, most recently spent six years at Torex Gold, uh, permitting, constructing and ramping up their project in Mexico. Uh, and in that experience, I was also introduced to a few folks uh, uh, along the way, uh, the likes of Chuck Jeunesse, George Albino, and Pierre Lassonde, who at the end of last year recruited me to, uh, to move over to Orla and build a mining company. What I would like to offer uh, your listeners uh, or viewers to understand about Orla Mining is it, there are two, uh, uh, over 10 million ounces in two countries, Mexico and Panama. And uh, we'll start in Mexico by building something called a Camino Rojo Oxide Project. Uh, which we will uh, finance, uh, permit, uh, and begin construction next year. Um, surrounding those 10 million ounces is 215,000 hectares of exploration concessions to explore. So both countries, both Mexico, as I described, and Panama, have projects that are designed and will deliver very robust rates of return. Mm -hmm. Orla will start by developing the oxide portion of Camino Rojo project, as I mentioned, producing next uh, in 2021 with construction next year. You're separating out your oxide project versus your sulfide project. That's kind of based on technical explanation. What does that mean in value terms? Why have you done it that way around? What's the strategy and thinking there? Yeah, so 9.7 million ounces of gold resources that we have in Mexico are divided uh, um, into two domains. One is what we describe as an oxide portion and the second is a sulfide portion. We purchased the asset uh, um, for an equity interest in our company from Gold Corp. And they studied and drilled over $100 million worth of drilling, in fact, of the project in Mexico. So they have a very large open pit uh, design. Our uh, interests in the short term are a bit more modest. We've designed a project that will essentially take the top off of the ore body oxide portion. And the benefit of that is we'll be able to utilize a simple heat leach uh, pad to, uh, to recover the gold ounces without a requirement to build a large uh, mill, uh, similar to what they have 50 kilometers away. Oxidized uh, gold or is cheaper to process is that that's what yeah saying? yeah yeah exactly uh heat bleach uh, open pits being one of the cheapest uh, gold mining uh, processes uh, in the business hence i notice your asec is exceedingly low even for this part of the world yeah for, for the for the same same reasons you've uh, tried to describe uh an open pit with a low stripping ratio in our case less than 0.6 to 1 uh, leads to uh, low uh, uh, capital cost. Uh, there is no real construction. The mining uh, equipment for our project will be contract mined. Uh, so that's what uh, results in an 
cash cost uh, below 500 and all in sustaining costs below 600. No tailings dams, no dams to raise, no large uh, rock uh, waste to move. Uh, all of that leads to the economics that we have. Right, and you mentioned the GoCorp spent 100 million bucks. So that was that entirely on drilling or are you inheriting anything else from them? No, so we've inherited a number of things in our acquisition of that asset. Uh, you know, I'm not counting the original purchase cost of over 300 million uh, for this deposit. Uh, their, their interests at the time were a deposit that was of a similar shape and size to their Pinosquito deposit, uh, just some 50 kilometers north of us. Um, as, it, uh, as they studied it and drilled it over the years, they, uh, they knew that it was a good deposit but that it would come in the life cycle after Penasquito. And so on an NPV basis, it made sense for them to uh, roll it out to a junior, Orla, uh, and, they, and allow us to strip the oxide, so the top portion of it, which would expose the sulfide, and at a later date make a decision about whether they re-enter the project for, uh, for the remaining sulfides. What's the strategy here? You've got this oxidized ore. Is that generating value for shareholders now or is that a case of using that money to finance the the sulfide component of this project yeah at, at this point uh, um, we will continue to study our our options with the sulfide portion of the project but uh, but we have no plans to uh, roll the money created from the oxides into that at this stage uh, the 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 um, business is intended to produce cash and, and we will do so through a combination of oxide assets if, if that uh, is the right formula or potentially the addition of a sulfide asset. I think uh, in the current sequence uh, of our strategy we would develop the oxide portion in Mexico um, whilst continuing to study the sulfide portion but then uh, likely shift to another oxide opportunity that we have in Panama. Uh, something that uh, is slightly smaller, but but delivers close to uh, 80,000 ounces a year. Again, our interest as a business to produce cash uh, in whatever uh, gold style vehicle that uh, that is in. Okay, and and what and what's the? I mean, you've given us a little bit about your background. What what's the relevant experience of the management team specifically? But I, I guess also from the board, who you know some some big names in there, very supportive names in there. Yeah, so let's start with the board of directors. I think that's a, a good place to start uh, because it is a key distinction for a company our size. Uh, the term industry veterans would be an understatement. Uh, our chairman is Chuck Janess, a former Gold Corp CEO. Uh, we also have directors, the likes of which include George Albino, uh, who's the chairman of Eldorado Gold, uh, Tim Haldane, former Agnico mine builder, uh, specifically heat leach, open pit Mexican mines, uh, in particular, Rich Hall, director for IM Gold, Jean Robitaille, you know, the current senior vice president for technical services for Agnico, and, uh, and Dave Stevens, the VP for corporate development at, uh, at Gold Corp. You got some really big names in there. He's actually active. They're not just there as a sort of nameplate exercise. He, how, do you, how do you interact with them? Yeah, so obviously our job and, and my job as the leader of the management team is, is to execute on, on the strategy of, of Orla, which is to utilize our exploration resources to develop uh, gold mines that, uh, that produce cash. 
And what they do is offer world-class guidance and oversight to, uh, to our management team. Each of the masters, you know, generously contributes their expertise to Orla uh, for the success of, uh, of the shareholders, which, which include themselves. Um, they are active. I speak uh, on a, a constant basis with, uh, with many of them. And, uh, and of course, their role is to, uh, is to provide oversight and guidance to, to us. And, and they, uh, they've been generous in that support. Right. I noticed a couple of the names, you know, Pierre specifically, um, who put their money where their mouth is. Pierre has uh, um, uh, a significant uh, uh, personal investment uh, in Orla, uh, which we appreciate. Uh, and, and he, uh, you know, different than the board, uh, as a shareholder, does uh, communicate uh, with, with us uh, uh, Often and, and we appreciate his uh, his perspective, industry contacts, and frankly, you know, a lot of the attention that Orla has generated is through uh, um, you know cornerstone investments by, by guys like Pierre, uh, his friend Seymour Schulich, but also twenty uh, percent uh, equity interest by now Newmont, and uh, and a ten percent equity interest by Agnico you know, uh, tends to uh, give confidence to other investors that, uh, that uh, industry professionals believe in this story. But, so, but, but the gold cup component is sort of, you know, it was their asset before, it's, it's option money for them, and the, you, know, you talk about the sell, potentially coming back in at the sell-fight stage, okay. Uh, Agnico, have they, they put cold hard cash in? Uh, Agnico's interest is through the Panamanian assets, so they had a significant interest in Pershimco, which is the asset that we... Uh, Acquired in Panama. Just just to finish up on your question, uh, their their cash interest and their infusions since the acquisition, the via Goldcorp and and uh, via the Panamanian asset has been uh, to participate pro rata in all the subsequent financings. So in each of the subsequent financings, they've uh, they've maintained their equity interest. Um, so let's let's come to some of the business fundamentals before we kind of. Get get into uh, you know drill down um, into the projects themselves. So you've got a market cap of circa 183 million today, Canadian year high 105, $1.55, 102 today. So obviously you've come off a bit there. Um, I know you're going to argue with me that's the market is responsible for that. Everyone does, but you know what's what's the plan for this year in terms of addressing that? I know you you've done. You know, a few interviews and so forth, but there's got to be more to it. So, what are you up to? Yeah. So, so if, uh, if we just back up a bit into 2018, you know, our our work in 2018 was to deliver the PEA for the for the Camino Rojo oxide portion of the project, which we did. Um, get the feasibility started. Uh, hire a couple of important people: operational leadership, enter me; uh, financial leadership, and enter our CFO Etienne. And graduate to the TSX. Frankly, you know that uh, alone doesn't uh, help the share price. So we, we need to do some things this year that uh, that will reverse that trend. Um, and some of the catalysts this year that uh, investors can expect is we will have the feasibility on that same project delivered by mid-year. Uh, we'll need to submit for permits so that we're ready for construction, uh, and we'll do that mid-year of this year. Uh, obtaining construction financing. Keep in mind that the financing required for this project uh, is quite modest at 125 million capital cost. Uh, so in a difficult market that you described, I think that's an important uh, 
element. Um, so completing those three will set us up for construction next year and gold production in 2021. And as we deliver on those business results, investors should be rewarded. But another real opportunity uh, for the company and investors is if we are able to reach an agreement with our neighbors. Fresneo is the neighbor. Um, and we've studied what, uh, what a layback, what we call a layback agreement, the, the ability to, to bigger our open pit onto their property. And, and it could double the value of the Camino Rojo oxide portion of the project. Uh, so that catalyst alone will, will create a significant opportunity for investors. So it'll do double the value, which you hope will have a knock-on effect on the share price. Yeah. To, what's know, the timing and all of that? I mean, that, that you're in discussion with these guys. So all of those things uh, that I described, those four things are, are timed this year. Uh, we'll talk about different things for next year and what we need to achieve there. Uh, and to answer your question on where we are in the discussions with Fresnil, uh, they started uh, prior to my arrival uh, at Orla at the end of last year. Pierre and Chuck, who we mentioned, uh, started the discussions. Those discussions continued upon my arrival. Um, Fresnio is a big mining company, as you know, and, uh, and they have lots to do, uh, but we've had some very good conversations with them, uh, which have included us signing a CA uh, with them, exchanging data. So, um, so both sides have had an opportunity now to assess that data and understand what's on each other's concession. Uh, and that should lead to a subsequent uh, discussion of, of what a deal would look like. And uh, I believe that uh, in, the, in the material that I've seen, that there's an opportunity for both us and for Zneil, and, uh, and we'll work towards uh, finding uh, that agreement this year. And, and so what are the options there in terms of like, you, you, you come to some sort of agreement over, you know what each other's got, you mine it, they mine it, you mine it, they process it. I mean, how, do, how does it all work? Yeah, so, so in any agreement, it's important to understand what, you know, what, the, what the interests of the other side are. And, and we've been able to have that discussion with Octavio at, uh, at Fresneo and, and, uh, and they've described to us quite clearly what, what they would be interested in. So it would be an Orla mining operation uh, and, and our ability to mine it, I think, is, is clear with our experience on the management team. Uh, so it would be our operation. Uh, they don't have um, enough resources on their side uh, to create their own uh, mining opportunities. So, so they'll be able to monetize the amount of resources they have on their concession through uh, putting it on our heat bleach. Um, and so now we just need to discuss uh, how much uh, that's worth. Um, and, uh, and, and we've discussed all the, the different options we could have to, uh, uh, to share the benefit, everything from NSR to, uh, um, uh, to royalties and so on. And, and it, it, for, for Zneo, I think the, the solution will, will be in cash, not all up front, uh, likely a staged approach, uh, similar to, uh, an agreement that they most recently made with, with Argonaut. Right. Okay. So they, they would, whatever portion, however you split it they put in cash according to that agreement. Okay, we've mentioned some pretty big names on the board. You think you'll find it easy to raise cash in this market? I mean, because the project, I, I think you're talking about as a seven, currently seven year life of mine, just yeah. over a three year payback at about yeah. a 25, with a 25% IRR. So these are modest, but you'd look to build it out with a Fresneo opportunity. I get, I get that. So where's the capital come from? Do you think that's going to be cheap money or is it a case of, you know, needs must and you, you'll take what the market gives you? 
Yeah, uh, and so uh, that's one of the uh, pieces of work that, that I mentioned we're doing this year. Uh, Etienne, our CFO, a 12-year Gold Corp veteran, is, is leading that for us. I also have some experience raising money for building mines in Mexico. At Torex, we raised $375 million as a one-third portion of the money we needed to build that $800 million project. Um, so I'd say you know the, the quantum that we need to raise is, is more modest than that. Uh, the market uh, is not as good, and so um, so what we'll do to raise that money uh, um, will be uh, a division of likely equity and debt, um, and a starting point for us will be 50% equity, 50% debt. And, it, and as I've already mentioned, an important uh, piece of that puzzle is understanding who uh, you know, our Lee orders uh, would be uh, some of our important equity investors. And we've mentioned Pierre has expressed a, an interest to participate on the debt side. Um, so uh, based upon my contacts and Etienne's and in the banking communities, um, uh, private equity firms and others, I think that we'll be able to put a package together by the end of the year um, that is, uh, is a mixture of that at a cost of capital um, uh, that's reasonable for a company our size. Um, we've had some recent examples in the marketplace of teams uh, um, about our size uh, uh, building up financing packages. So I think um, the distinction for us is, is we have a, a portion uh, of, of the commitment already spoken for, uh, and we'll need to find the remainder this year. And obviously, you've done a PEA, and it's about optimizing. You know where you can go with this. That's 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 the name of the game. But the other the other way of um, tackling this is, I guess, looking at what you've got and what you focus your time on. So you're you're focused on Mexico, and then maybe the oxide down in in Panama, and then you come back for the software. So you've kind of got a a. a a line of work or a line of sight of what you can what you can tackle, yeah. but you're doing you're doing smaller chunks. Is that because, a reflection because of the way the market is at the moment, or that's? I mean, how have you come up yeah, with that strategy? I, I, I certainly um, believe that uh, that the Orla strategy is is a pragmatic one that is based upon what uh, is possible in the current market. The current market you know, um, has some challenges, but also has some opportunities. The assets that we have uh, came out of the current market. And so, um, so I think you've described it best in that we will take a sequential approach. That sequence starts with the perspective exploration ground you have. Having lots of good ground in, in a perspective area, you know, 206,000 hectares in an area that already has 12 operating mines, to um, you know, resources over 10 million ounces. I think that's a that's a good place to start uh, finding uh, development projects. So yes, it'll start with the with with the resources that are in the ground uh, and the ones that we uh, uh, drill for and and find. That creates a portfolio of development projects, which uh, which will be lined up uh, at this point sequentially based upon their uh, rate of return um, and uh, and build a building. Uh, and, and to answer your question, would we do more than one at once um, in different market, perhaps, if, if there's capital availability to do so? But in the current market, our, our ambitions are to do, do them sequentially one after the other, get into a cash producing pos position um, and create, you know, continue to create uh, cash producing mines. That, that, it's just that simple. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, different people have different strategies. If you look at 
well, at people like Equinox, they're slightly different, a different approach, but um, you know, I, I understand where you're going. It's, it's safer, it's more pragmatic. Um, just dealing with uh, Mexico, it's traditionally been a fantastic place for mining companies to operate. Recent, so you know, we're not necessarily recent anymore, but uh, change of, of government. Uh, tell us yeah. a little bit about mining in Mexico. You've been there a while, you've done it with some pretty, pretty big operations there. I started in, in January of 2013, and, uh, and lots changed over, over the years uh, since. Uh, but, but I obviously still believe, hence joined a, a mining company that's first project is also in Mexico, uh, that, that uh, you know, consistent with what you said, Mexico is a good place to build and operate mines. It, that remains the case. Uh, yes, uh, governments change, and, and yes, one has here. I had a head start at Torex to get an understanding of the new administration and, and those leading it. Uh, and, uh, and, and everything that I've seen, heard, both at my time at Torex and, and subsequently at Orla, are that the, the new administration uh, would like to, to govern in a way that creates uh, benefit for, for the ordinary Mexican. And, uh, and I um, know that resource developments can do that. And I believe the government would understand that as well. And so, so in doing our business, we can um, help the new administration do theirs. Uh, you know, on, on various occasions, the new administration has outlined ways that they would like to partner with, uh, uh, with the mining industry to, to create those opportunities, often in remote areas in Mexico. Uh, but they've but they've been clear that they will only do so in ways that are are responsible to those that own the land, the Iquitos, uh, and the environment. Uh, and so, uh, mining companies need to uh, behave in that fashion, and, and can certainly expect that from Oregon. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, well, I think I think that's very common. You know, working closely with government, like, you know, local and national over national level, very important as always. You've explained. 2018 to us. You, you've also outlined you know, a few of the deliverables for 2019. So just talking about value creation for shareholders. Okay, I, I keep coming back to that because ultimately yeah. that's what investors want to want to understand. So can you tell me why investors should get excited about this project? I get your pragmatic uh, and diligent approach to how this project should be tackled. The share price has done what it's done. It's done it for lots of people, but how are you going to fix that? What are the what are the things that people should go away thinking when they think of oil and mining? Sure. So I think you know what I would leave you with is the value creation story has just begun at Orla. Uh, investors that are looking for an early entry point should be looking at Orla. You know we will, um, as I've stated, create value through our exploration resources uh, that feed a sequence of developments. Uh, that result in a portfolio of cash-producing assets. To do that, you need prospective ground. Uh, you need development capability. Um, I and, and other members of the management team bring that. Uh, and you need operating knowledge. So Orla's board, uh, the management team, and our key shareholders who I've, I've spoken about provide that. And that's, uh, that's what will generate value at Orla. Uh, in a much different sort of uh, level than it, than it currently resides. What do you mean when you say that in terms of they will do what it takes to create value for shareholders? I mean, what, 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 
what are, the, what are the things that you're going to say to the market which is going to get people excited about the portfolio, the prospecting, et cetera? The contacts, the um, knowledge of the assets around the world that, uh, that the board of directors has, uh, uh, some of the key members of the management team have, uh, you know, will create that, uh, um, you know, um, starting place of ground that, that, that delivers these things. The, and, and then, and then the, you know, good geological ground can only bring you so far. Uh, then you need to have people have expertise in, in turning that uh, interesting geological prospect into uh, a cash producing asset. Uh, so when you, when, you, when you bring those different uh, uh, pieces of turf together with people that can develop them uh, and, then, uh, and then supported by shareholders uh, and frankly, to a, to a certain extent, uh, board members who are willing to put their own money into developing uh, and and creating that. Uh, well, I know Pierre's bought previously at 144 and 177, so he, you know, he's 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 underwater here. He needs us to work, and I'm sure, as you say, continue to support this. But it's a case of what are those decision points for you in terms of talking to the market and delivering to the market this vision of what the future of the business looks like. I mean, where do you end up? What What is the company that you're going to be like? Yeah, the, you know, so the focus of the business is, as, as I tried to describe, produce benefit for stakeholders. Most often that benefit is a monetary measurement. So for shareholders, it would be measured by the share price, by governments, their tax income, by employees, their pay, and by communities, the economic contribution to their way of life. And so what I would tell people going forward is that we have provided benefit at all those levels in, in doing what we do. Uh, our, our business is measured monetarily. So we need to produce cash. The business that we happen to be in is gold mining. So the way that we can produce cash and all of those other benefits that I described that that cash pays for uh, is by building gold mines. Um, and operating gold mines. And so, um, you know, if you wish to increase the size of that benefit, wish to uh, increase the spread of that benefit, uh, you need to, uh, to build and operate gold mines. And, and that's what we will do. And, and over time, what I'll describe in talks like this and to the shareholders is, is our success in executing on that. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, and, 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 the, and the market uh, uh, will understand. And, and you think, uh, what do you think gold's going to do this year? I think an answer you've often heard, and one I certainly agree with, is, is responsible mining companies need to be building mines in whatever commodity um, that understand the commodity cycle. And, uh, and we'll build mines, at, as, you, as we described earlier in the, in the interview, a mine that has a, a, a cash cost uh, well under half uh, the gold price. So we can harvest a lot of cash from such, uh, such a business. Uh, so those are the types of projects that we'll get uh, started in and develop and operate. Um, and so in a business that produces a lot of cash, um, you know, the gold price tends to become uh, less important. Um, when, when you get into a business that the, the operating costs are much closer to the gold price, then you're really waiting on it on an ascending gold price uh, and the leverage towards that. Um, so so I'll, I'll duck your question a little bit and say, uh, we'll only pick and build and operate uh, gold mines that, uh, that have a cash cost well below 
um, today's and even lower gold prices. No, that's not ducking the question at all. I think that's a great answer. I think that was a, a great introduction to your company. I think it's uh, quite well valued at the, at the moment and you're obviously doing a lot this year. So um, delighted to introduce that to our viewers over here. Uh, thank you for your time, Jason. And I hope to catch up with you very soon sort of here about some of these things that maybe uh, mid-year that you're delivering. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you wanna see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.